So as I always say, you want to do as much at the center of influence. The chair is the center of influence. And the further away you get from the center of influence, guess what? The less influence you have, the more distractors pop into their life, the more things that suddenly beat you down on the priority scale and other things rise to their top of mind. And there we go, never to be seen or heard from again. This is Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast where we ask the question, what does growth in dentistry look like to you? I'm Katie Polson, a dental hygienist and your host. Welcome to another episode of Growth in Dentistry. This is part two of our awesome conversation with Dr. Phelps. If you haven't listened to part one with our clinical team, Case Acceptance, I highly recommend going back and listening to that. Uh, before we get started, continuing our discussion with um, the front office, our Facebook dental intelligence community is a great place for you to come and learn more about data, about dental intelligence, but also, also just to ask questions for, uh, from other people on whatever you want. So it's a great place to be in a, in a great community. Uh, we'd ask that you go and rate review this podcast. And I would like to now introduce um, with me, I have Curtis Marshall. I don't really need, not, I don't even need to introduce you anymore. You just just, just Curtis here. Marshall. Yeah, yeah I'm here. Marshall. He's here. Thanks for having me. And Katie. um, and we, again, we have Dr. Christopher Phelps here with us today. Uh, amazing dentist and owner of many businesses that we'll talk about uh, at the end here. But let's continue our conversation on front office. So we were discussing the clinical team and how uh, and the six influences of persuasion. Um. And let's continue our conversation on how that applies to the front office team. So how is it different, I guess, than the clinical team as far as case acceptance? I, maybe that's where we'll start first. How is it mainly yeah. different? I mean, there's definitely three main areas I can see uh, where there's some challenges. And the first one is the same problem that the clinical team had, but in a slightly different format. It starts with the mindset, okay? And there's something interesting that happens when the patient's been sitting back, they've heard their dental education, they've heard the treatment plan presentation, and now we're waiting for the front to come present the finances to them. And the patient sits up and someone takes their bib off and they have them stand up and go to a console room, okay? Why do we do that? Because that's the way it's always been done? Yeah. Or is there some actual scientific behavioral science research to justify that? Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is, what does it normally signify? Picture yourself as a patient. You're sitting up in the chair and somebody takes your bib off. What does that usually indicate to you? I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. See and ya. Guess, what your mind, guess where your mind shifts at that point? My next appointment. We're uh, oh, going back the, to work. The other things I got to do. Yeah. yeah. I got to go get the kids. I got to go book that vacation. I got to go to the grocery store. Instantly, their mindset shifts to a totally different place back to their wants. And now you're trying to drag them down the hall to this other room lock them in, okay? Usually sitting confrontationally with a barrier in between you, me versus you. Like a okay? desk or something, yes. Yeah, like a desk or something like that. And now you're gonna have this numbers talk. I, you know, it used to boggle me, like when my team, when I felt like I spent a good time educating the patient, I really felt like they understood what I was trying to explain to them and that they wanted the treatment. And they'd be gone 20 minutes with the financial team and I'd see my coordinator come out and I'd say, hey, how'd it go? And they were like, did you talk to them about their treatment at all? Because they have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm like, what? What do you mean they have no idea? It's like total amnesia. I'm yeah. like, how can they have this amnesia effect? We spent so much time at the chair, right? They, they walked down the I hall. Makes they, no sense. they walked five steps and now they know nothing. I know. Yes. That is the power of the mindset shift. They're gone, right? So as I always say, you want to do as much at the center of influence. The chair is the center of influence. And the further away you get from the center of influence, 
guess what? The less influence you have, the more distractors pop into their life, the more things that suddenly beat you down on the priority scale and other things rise to their top of mind. And there we go, never to be seen or heard from again because we drop so low until maybe we get them back in six months. So first and foremost, I don't care how much the money talk is. I know some people think people want privacy. They don't care. The chair is private enough, but that's where their mindset is. Okay. Leave the bib on until the thing is done one way or the other. Okay. So got to keep them in the right mindset. The one thing that I would say, because when you initially asked that question, I thought chair time, like the reason why we do it in our practice is because of chair time. Like we can put in another patient in the chair where they're talking about their treatment for 20 minutes. And I can be almost done with the cleaning by the time they've done any treatment talk. So I guess what's the solution well, why for is that? It, no, we'll take it back. Right. Why is it taking 20 minutes? I, well, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So like to Dr. Phelps point, yep. if you get him to commit and say, okay, now we're going to go pay for it. Great. Let's take this off. We're going to go find a way to pay for what we just decided on, mm-hmm. but they've committed to treatment there. The reason why it's taking 20 minutes is because you have to represent your, your mm-hmm. half. I, I was a treatment coordinator. It yeah. was the work. And they did. They came in all the time saying, uh, what? I'm like, how did you, doctor, did you not tell him? Hygienist, did you not tell him? No, we went over everything. We did it. I just until now, I didn't understand why they didn't realize it. It's because of that mindset. Take it. They, they had already left mentally. Yep. So, so it, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. yeah. So and good. so the, the key is you can still do all those things. If the, if the doctor follows my systems and you funnel them down and get them committed to one plan, See, what was happening prior was the doctor would leave three or four options on the table. And now the financial team's coming in to present three or four financial options for each of those three treatment options. Now the patient has nine to 12 things to choose from money-wise. Again, that's why it takes 20 minutes. When you get them committed to one plan, okay, and you just review what I call anchor them to the the scarcity of what's going to happen if they do nothing. And there's a value to that. And we take them down the price stairs and how we present. It's a five to 10 minute conversation. Because now they want it. <laughs> it's not a need anymore. They've chosen their path and there's only one plan to present. So this, A, this doesn't have to take a lot of time. And you're right. Most practices don't budget enough time for this. But my question for them is maybe we need to relook at those systems then and mm-hmm. stop doing it the way it's always been done. Do you want to work smarter, not harder? Right. Or, or have more volume? Do you want 80% case acceptance or 20? Yeah. Right? Is that so, worth five, 10 minutes in the chair? Yeah. I think yeah. it is. Oh, uh, yeah. Numbers. Yeah, that's kind of what I was way thinking. high. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking is maybe like, maybe, maybe we should just add more time, you know, yeah. to the chair time for sure. Definitely. And then I'd say another big thing that the team, unfortunately, when they're presenting the finances, isn't really prepared for is, you know, it's human nature to be afraid of rejection. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes asking anything because we're afraid of no. We don't want to ask for reviews. We don't want to ask for testimonials. We certainly hate asking for them to schedule this treatment because we don't want to hear no, right? When the reality is because everyone hates hearing no, studies actually show we actually hate to say no to one another because of that. And in fact, we hate to say no to one another multiple times in the same moment because of that fact. So what I tell people is don't be afraid of no or rejection. Just be ready for it. So studies show if you ask for something, hey, this crown, it's 800, you know, it's if you do nothing, it's going to cost you thirty six hundred bucks because you're going to need a root canal built up in a crown. We get to it today. It's only uh, a crown and that's only twelve hundred bucks. And after your insurance pays its part, it's only eight hundred bucks. He's using the way I present it, taking them down the stairs. So does that work for you? Yes or no? No. 
okay, well, we don't run away crying like, okay, I'm sorry. You know, we just come back ready with another option. Okay, well, what if we did half today? We'll start it and we'll take the next half next month to finish it. Does that work for you? No. Okay, fire with the next option. Well, what if we did a third today? I'll schedule it. We'll start it next month for another third. And then you finish it the month after that for the last third. Does that work for you? No. Okay, well, I can get it down as low as X amount a month if you want to prepay it or if we use third-party financing. What do you want to do? Right. So instead of being afraid of no, we call this a concession. It's a part of reciprocity. If you're the first to offer them something else, okay, another place to stand, right? Mm -hmm. It still is going to be a win-win for both sides. It's hard for people to say no to you after the first no. And it's even harder for them to say no after the second no. <laughs> okay. So you've got to get a yes to something. At that point, we're just trying to figure out what's it going to take to fit this into your budget. So the problem I find is that the team isn't ready to fire these backup plans. They don't know the numbers and they got to be prepared financially for the numbers. Yeah. Okay? that's but we, do that, but we do that clinically. We do what you just said clinically. I had a piece of cement in between two crowns up here. Come on. Right. They saw it in an x-ray. Well, they tried one thing and it didn't work. No. Right. They didn't stop there and say, yeah. oh, stink. I can't get it. I tried the one thing. No, yeah. they tried another. It took a couple times, but that's what we do clinically, right? Clinically, if we don't get it right the first time, we give a second option, third option. For, we keep trying. Yeah. But with finances, why are we saying no the first time uh, ourselves? Like if we get a no, why are we just giving up? Yeah. And so it first is, so they're not ready for the financial backup plans to present to the patient as soon as that no comes. So my advice is be prepared to go three no's deep. I mean, it's hard for people to say no to you three times. Write that down, everybody. Three no's deep. Three, three no's deep. <laughs> now, after that, if you just can't make the money work on that treatment, their next mistake is they don't know what the backup treatment option is. So let's say worst case scenario, they just can't do the crown. They can't make the money work. So is it in the patient's best interest to do nothing? Because that's where we've left them, right? Unless we change right. it. Or is there something else we could offer them, even from a financial standpoint, that would leave them in better oral health than when they came in? It's not perfect, but it's still better than nothing. Didn't think okay, about this well, either. Yeah, Go Doc on. said. Well, I got an idea. We can't do it now. Let's, uh, let's, we can at least do the buildup. Okay, we'll get you the, the cavities gone, the risk of infections gone, and that's only 340 bucks. And again, no. we started with you know, do nothing, which was 3600 Okay. Right. So 340 bucks after your insurance pays this part, it's 150. Does that work for you? No. Again, you ready? No. Okay. Well, how about we do two payments? We can do three. Okay. Yeah. We can do no. it as low well as, you know? So yeah. eventually as long as you can fit it in their budget, most reasonable people are going to land somewhere. Yeah. Why not if even have that? Yeah, then it's a temporary. a temporary or even, Hey, you're not willing to put that money in. I have an electric toothbrush here. You need to yeah. really invest, right? Hey, because you need something. Go all the way down until you really help take care of the patient care and also yeah. increasing uh, revenue in the practice. Yeah. That well, is brilliant. Is, yeah. When you influence people properly, most of the time they say yes to the, the original request, which was, you know, pay the 800 bucks, their portion. For those that it's really now about the money, those are the ones you're going to need those concessions for. And typically, if you keep working it, either with a financial concession or a backup treatment option and numbers for that, at some point, you're going to land on a number they can fit in their monthly budget for most people. Okay. Yeah. But the good news is now you're not assuming everybody needs financing and it's not the money. Mm -hmm. Now we're relegating it to the small group of people that actually do need it. Yeah, because uh, there's a whole other side to that, right? Where people 
they just automatically, I know, I know offices that automatically print off payment options and they go in starting with that. And then we've had patients get offended by that. Like, why are you, I'll just, I'll just pay the $3,000. Why are you talking to me about, you know what I mean? Like don't just automatically assume they can't afford to pay it no matter who they are, what they're wearing. You know what I mean? Start from the top and work down. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a great idea. Probably the third area they bungle the opportunity, unfortunately, is that they don't know how to answer this question when the patient comes back to them and they see their numbers and they're like, oh my God, my insurance isn't paying for any of this. Ortho, I only want, I came in here and I only wanted to do what my insurance covered. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What do you do? Okay. Well, partly they've already messed up because that was the mindset the patient came in to start with. I only want to do what my insurance covers. And the docs and the team, the office didn't really do anything to counter that mindset. But if they've done things properly, like we've asked them those questions, do you prefer to be proactive or reactive? Also, right. So all we do is we put any challenge back to the person back as a choice. Okay. Well, yeah, I I understand, Mrs. Jones, and I'm sorry about your insurance. You're right. It sucks. It doesn't really cover a lot of anything. In fact, most of the insurance doesn't. Okay. Mm -hmm. But we got a choice to make. You know, which do you prefer? Do you only want to do what your insurance covers, which is nothing? Or do you want to be proactive, like you told me before, avoid pain, avoid having to take multiple times off of work? All those questions we asked patient interviewed really get to what they value. Yeah. So we know what they value instead of guessing what they value. Mm-hmm. Right. And do the treatment today. It's up to you. Choose. Do what your insurance coverage, which is nothing. Or you tell me you're lying about those other things that you valued is in essence what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right, doc. You're right. Now's the best time to do it. Yeah. Insurance sucks. All right. I guess we're, we'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Because a lot of it is just, uh, I feel like as a hygienist, I spend a lot of my time just educating on people's dental insurance because they just don't understand how it works and they don't know what they bought and they have no idea. And so when they do see those numbers, they're not mad at us. They're mad that they bought this plan that's crap and they didn't know it. You know what I mean? How many people here at our own company have you tried to explain insurance to? All the saying, time. Right. At your dental intel, I explain it to my the employees I work with. Yeah. I'm like, do you realize you, you need more than this? Yeah. Even though it's a good benefit, it's not good for Pets you. Hence dental membership direct. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Hey, and we, we use that as a ploy to, you know, as a tactic to say, hey, and when this the insurance time to renew, I would recommend getting off it because you have much better results with our plan. Exactly. Educating them. Bingo. Exactly. There, there's so many people that think that they you, you need dental insurance to get dental work. Everybody thinks that you need dental insurance to get dental work, which is not the case at all. Because it's not even insurance, but that's no. a different Again, topic. Yeah. That's the mindset they're coming in with. Again, if we don't do anything to counter that, it's going to be a challenge for most teams. Yeah. So. I love that. I love, I love act, acting on that ahead of time before they even sit in the chair in the new patient paperwork. Uh, that's a great idea. So the last question, well, I don't know. We have the last, yeah. we have the last question. Do you want to do yeah. that one? Yeah. So, well, we, I think we've got that, but okay. what, what actionable ways can we well, help the whole team increase cases, cases happen, but we've got it. I yeah. Mean, what would be your, what would be out of all the things we've talked about, Chris, being both number one and number two, this, and I'm so glad we did two yeah. uh, episodes here with Chris. Uh, what would be uh, one to two takeaways that you would say, Hey, if you do nothing else on case acceptance yeah. for your team, blah, yeah. what would that be? Well, I'd say for the doctor and the team, first and foremost, before you talk about what you actually want to talk about and present, okay, before you get to that, you got to anchor them to something else first, okay? And usually that is going to be something of a higher value. 
So, and before I start talking about the crown they need, I don't talk about the crown. I say your first option is to do nothing, but here's what's going to happen if you do nothing. The decay is going to get worse. It's going to cause an infection. It's going to cause pain, multiple visits. And by the time I do get to it and you're ready to fix it down the road, we're going to be looking at a root canal built up in a crown. And now we're talking $3,600. Or we can do this crown, which is significantly less today. Which would you prefer? Well, I don't want to wait and have that happen. Okay, well, let me get the financial team to come over and go over the crown for you. Right. So whatever we want to talk about, there's always That's something it. else we can anchor That's them it. to first. Okay. You and you're not lying when you say that it's no. a crown is going to turn into a root canal. Yeah. You're not. Uh, well, excuse me. I'm not clinical. You're a doctor. Is that a lie? Yeah. No. And that's no. why I say wait, there's yeah. ethical consequence that is going to happen of doing nothing. It is actually our job to inform them, not to bury that information. And because we're afraid to bring it up, but actually our best interest is use scarcity first. Scarcity grabs people's attention, right? When they stay, people care more about what they stand to lose than what they stand to gain. Yet in dental school, all we're taught is promote the benefits, the benefits, and the benefits. But actually, what actually gets their focus and attention more is the consequences. Okay. Consequences, consequences, consequences. I love this. I've learned so much, even in just in my case, in my getting my case acceptance for periodontal disease, because which is a super hard thing to talk about with people because it's not something they feel, you know what I mean? Oftentimes, and they came in for a regular cleaning and they now I'm making, you know, I'm going to get them numb and it's going to cost $700 and whatever. It's not even close to what they came in, what their expectation was. And so yeah. I'm already like on the downward end, you know what I mean? So I, I, I've learned so much here from you today. Thank you so much for, for coming on our podcast. I really appreciate it. We asked the same question to all of our guests. Get ready. On this podcast. Here it comes, growth- Dr. Phelps. <laughs> Because growth is so personal to everybody. And so what does it mean to Dr. Christopher Phelps? What does growth in dentistry look like to you? Uh, I mean, the, the growth itself, because uh, again, I work with practices and try to help them grow their, mm-hmm. their business. And uh, it means something different for everybody. For some, growth is just getting to a point of a work-life balance. Uh, for others, it's expanding and getting to multiple offices, uh, it, you know, and everywhere in between that spectrum. Okay. So ultimately, I think growth in dentistry really comes down to know thyself, number one. Okay. Because you can't really grow if you don't know you. And what I mean by that, Mm -hmm. yeah. So there's like two types of entrepreneurs there's lifestyle entrepreneurs versus achieving. And your growth is going to be different. Your future plans are going to be different based on which of those two you are. So to use a basketball analogy, right? Lifestyle entrepreneurs, they change, they adapt, they innovate until they hit their lifestyle, whatever that means, right? The income, trips, time off, the family, whatever that means to them. And then they stop playing their game to win and they change their game to playing not to lose, mm-hmm. right? And anybody who knows basketball knows you play differently when you play not to lose versus when you're trying to play to win, okay? And you kind of go on cruise control. And those are the people that will have great lives and can retire, okay? They have a future. So all their growth should be built towards that getting to that point as fast as possible. Then you got the other end of the spectrum, like myself, the achieving entrepreneur, okay? <laughs> where it's not about the lifestyle. We tend to get that early on. Okay. For us, it's about the next achievement, the next project, the next thing to scratch off my list. Okay. The next mountain to climb. So I know for somebody, I realized that early on in my career that there's always going to be another project. Like I'm never going to retire. Maybe I'm not going to do dentistry per se forever, but I'm going to be doing something. 
Related oh my, I didn't, I didn't know this about myself, but you guys are speaking. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. I'm never going to like stop. She can't. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's great. It's the, blessing, it's the blessing and the curse, right? But again, yeah. when you know who you are, then you don't make your plans one way if you're the other or vice versa, right? So you can't grow that way and you're just more frustrated. Uh, it's about knowing how you're instinctively built. You know, another thing I'm certified in is something called Colby. And that's, I, I liken that to the kind of car that you are. Right. So, you know, it's not your IQ. It's not your personality. Those are different parts of the mind, but those are just different drivers of the wheel. Okay. Of your car. Uh, it's this, this Colby thing is set by the time you're age seven. It doesn't change your entire life. So are you a Ferrari driving down the highway? Okay. And you, we all agree, agree of Ferrari's kind of built for that. Or does your job task and duties make your Ferrari drive off road? doesn't mean you can't do it. You know how to do it. You've been trained how to do it. You might be smart enough how to do it. You may be motivated personality-wise, may want to do it, but what's going to happen the longer that Ferrari is driving off-road? Because it's not built for it. It's not sustainable, right? It's not going to last. Okay, It's going to burn out, run out of gas. So in essence, taking a look at yourself and making sure that the things you're doing fit within your natural strengths. You know, Are you a car? Are you an SUV? It doesn't matter. It is what it is, but just realign what the, the activities that you're doing around those things and automatically guess what's going to happen? You're going to grow. Because you're going to be happier and you're automatically you're going to be more productive because nothing of what you do is actually work. We haven't heard this one yet. Yeah. So for those, for those of you that are cult followers out there, yeah. uh, I hope you realize that this is a brand new, what is growth and dentistry mean to you? So this is Chris. And this is, this is kind of, this was kind of what you've said is the brainchild of, of why we started this podcast is, and that's the goal of this company here at Dental Intel is we want to help people find who they are, what they want, and then, Good. and then that, then then your growth comes from from that. So, so so good. Yeah, this has been so much fun for me. Um, this has been Growth of Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast. Again, special thanks to our guest, Dr. Christopher Phelps. You can find thanks, him at where they where where do you want them to find you at? Easiest, you know, right now, my problem is with so many companies and training. I know you have it's so like, many things. I got like 12 websites. So I'm, I'm creating one website now to rule them all, but it's, it'll be the phelpsinstitute.com eventually. But for now, just email me at chris at drphelpshelps.com. Great. Perfect. And, um, and then you can find that link and other great information on our webpage at dentalintel.com. So thanks again to Curtis Marshall for joining me today. And thanks to our marketing department for all their work on this podcast. I'm Katie Polson. Keep growing.